Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. This is Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. DeSantis's State of the State address kicked off the legislative session and it was an opportunity to lay out his legislative priorities for the next 60 days. With a Republican supermajority in Tallahassee, not much stands in the way of DeSantis and his goals. Some of the big issues up for debate include a proposal to change the rules for carrying concealed weapons, expansion of education vouchers, putting more money into affordable housing and raising the bar for the passage of constitutional amendments. The governor's budget request includes money for things like teacher salary increases, water quality improvements, and public safety. But DeSantis is also backing controversial issues, including bills on transporting undocumented migrants across the United States, limiting what can be taught in schools and universities, and targeting trans health care. And looming over the session are DeSantis's widely anticipated presidential aspirations. Well, joining me in studio are WUSF politics and environment reporter Steve Newborn. Steve, thanks for being here. My pleasure, Matthew. And political analyst William March. William, thank you as well. Oh, thanks for having me on. Well, Governor DeSantis began his speech by touting Florida's achievements. Let's take a listen. We rank number one for net in-migration. We rank number one in the nation for new business formations. We are number one in economic growth amongst large states. Florida has more people employed today than before the pandemic. Our unemployment rate is one of the lowest on record, and it is significantly lower than the national average. And of course, as many of you know in this room, the last two years, we've seen the largest budget surpluses in the history of the state of Florida. So what stood out for you about the speech? William, what were you thinking? Well, first of all, it clearly was a culture war speech, and it clearly was aimed at establishing a base for a 2024 presidential run. Uh, As you heard in the soundbite, he referred to Florida as leading the nation in so many areas, um, many of them, many of which are designed to appeal to the Republican voting base. He talked about immigration, law and order. He talked about opposition to what he called the biomedical security state, by which he meant mandates or requirements for protections against COVID-19. Steve, what about you? What was uh, on your mind as you listened to the speech? Yeah, what we saw here was basically a preview of the 2024 presidential elections. He, He cast every issue as another front in the culture wars, as Williams just said, with an eye at the wider national perspective here, uh, he's, he's, he's speaking to a national audience. He, he doubled down on his battle against wokeism. You know, this is, he's, this is a man who said this is where Florida, where Florida is where woke goes to die. And he is really doubling down on those issues. He barely mentioned anything really having to do with, you know, pocketbook issues that, uh, you know, the quote-unquote little man uh, thinks about every day, you know, mm-hmm. the cost of uh, mortgage, the cost of rent, uh, property insurance, things like that, which are going through the roof. Um, Although was, he did mention tax breaks, right? He did mention tax breaks, and he did mention inf- infrastructure and things like that, but mm-hmm. uh, not much on the way of really pocketbook issues. Um, it was, I think, really aimed at a wider national audience, which kind of, th- this shows you where probably his efforts are going to be focused in the next year. So not just the legislative session, but beyond that. Well, 
Another thing that was highlighted in this State of the State address was law and order, and Governor DeSantis made a reference to prosecutors who stray out of their lane. Let's take a listen. We are tough on crime, and we support the men and women of law enforcement. And we have made it very clear to prosecutors who believe they can disregard the law, you will be held accountable. Uh, Steve, what stands out for you about that comment? I mean, this is pertinent to our listenership, right, our our, um, part of Florida. Right. He's directly referring to uh, Andrew Warren, the uh, the ousted state attorney for Hillsborough County, who basically said he wasn't going to prosecute any cases involving um, transgender health care or abortion restrictions. And uh, he was removed from office. So he challenged this in federal court, and he basically was supported in his efforts by a federal judge, but the, the judge said it wasn't part of his jurisdiction to reinstate a state employee. Mm-hmm. And now he's got another state attorney in his crosshairs in Orlando. William, you're familiar with this case, right? Yeah. Yes, that's Monique Worrell. She's the state attorney in, in Orange County, and he's targeting her. Uh, she's the only other prosecutor in the state, only other state attorney in the state, who signed the same declaration that Andrew Warren signed, saying he wouldn't use office resources to prosecute doctors or, or patients in abortion cases. But the, the biggest target on Monique Worrell is the recent murder of a t- TV reporter and two other persons by a, a shooter who had a, a lengthy juvenile record. Now, Monique Worrell's response, at least in part, part of her response, is the reason that this, that this shooter wasn't in jail was because of failures, investigative failures, by the sheriff's office, not by her office refusing to prosecute anything. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to note to me that Andrew Warren being removed from office by DeSantis has made Warren something you might refer to as sort of a, a martyr hero to Hillsborough County Democrats. I saw him recently at a Tiger Bay Club with a largely Democratic audience. And when he was introduced from the podium, he got a lengthy standing ovation from the Democrats in the crowd. Bit of a sidebar, but I wonder, do you see him running for something else? Something else, possibly. Running to get back his own office, possibly also. This is a question that a lot of people are asking, and and Warren isn't saying for right now. His goal for right now is to get the job back through the court system. Just back to law and order in general, though, I mean, is this something that you would expect to hear in a state of the state speech? Or again, is it something a little more outward or more national focused? Well, obviously, I think it's national focused. You combine it with with what he said on immigration and introducing a woman in the audience who had been Mm -hmm. attacked, sexually assaulted by an illegal immigrant. He's, He's clearly playing to a national crowd that remembers the Black Lives Matter protests. You are listening to Florida Matters. We're discussing Governor DeSantis's State of the State speech launching the legislative session. We'll be back with more analysis after this. Welcome back to Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. We're discussing the legislative session and Governor Ron DeSantis's State of the State address where he laid out his legislative priorities. With me in the studio, WUSF politics environment reporter Steve Newborn and political analyst William March. 
Well, education featured a lot in the speech. We saw a number of teachers highlighted in the crowd. Uh, DeSantis also referred to controversial efforts to limit what's taught in schools and what's on school library bookshelves. Let's take a listen. We're also joined by Alicia Ferrant. She's a mother of five who attend Orange County Public Schools. She was a concerned parent a year or two ago because she saw that there was inappropriate material in her children's library and school, things that were even pornographic. So she raised the, the issue. Uh, she got a positive result, but she decided to get more involved. And in this past November, she was elected to the Orange County School Board as a parents' rights candidate. Congratulations to you and best of luck. So, William, referencing the kind of controversial issue of, you know, what can and can't be on library bookshelves, what can't be taught, what some folks are trying to keep out of classrooms, what do you take from this and and sort of highlighting this in the state of the state? It's a red meat issue for uh, the conservative base. DeSantis said during the speech that Florida leads the nation in what he called educational freedom and parental rights, I believe he said, in education. And the parental rights refers to parents' ability to interfere with or control what books and what subject matter is taught in public schools. Mm-hmm. Educational freedom, I think, refers to uh, school, school choice, that is the availability of state subsidies for people to go to private or charter schools. And again, as I said, it's a, it's a key issue for Republican-based voters. He also talked a bit about educational quality, but not as much. He referred to Florida leading the nation in fourth grade reading ability. Uh, education advocates in the state acknowledge that that statistic is true, but say it doesn't really mean what it appears to mean. Yeah, and uh, Steve, if I could turn this around to you, because when you talk about things like education vouchers, I mean, that is a, a big deal, right? I mean, this this could have a, a pretty big impact on public education. What did you hear in that? And, and just fill us in on the background to the education voucher expansion. Right. The governor really didn't say very much about the school voucher uh, proposal. It's uh, House Bill 1. I mean, right off the bat, I mean, it's one of the one of the first things that came out of the shoot this year. It basically means that everybody in the state would be eligible for uh, Florida Empowerment Scholarship vouchers. Right now, they just go to low-income people. It would be expanded to just about everyone out there. And um, some advocacy groups have said this would cost $4 billion, and it would drag the per-pupil state aid level uh, down by $900 per student. Uh, It's one of the biggest uh, overhauls, if it passes, of education in the state since the voucher program was first first came on board way back during Jeb Bush's reign in the 1990s. Mm. Uh, This is kind of the, the, the next step in that whole battle. Uh, you know, backers of the bill say would allow parents to have their children go to any school out there, go, go to private schools. And opponents say it would basically eviscerate funding for public schools and uh, at the same time funnel more kids to private schools that don't have the same kind of oversight that private schools have. So this is a, this is a really big issue, and you didn't really hear much about that mm-hmm. during the speech. Immigration, as we mentioned before the break, William has been another hot button issue. Let's just have a listen to some of what the governor had to say on that topic. 
We must further strengthen our laws against illegal immigration by enhancing employment verification, increasing penalties for human smuggling, and further disincentivizing illegal mi migration to the state of Florida. Florida is not a sanctuary state, and we will uphold the rule of law. So, William, again, this does seem like more perhaps a message geared to a national audience, but immigration has been something that's been uh, in the the governor's focus, in, you know, not just this year, but sort of leading up to it as well. Just just expand a little more on that, if you could. Well, again, it's a hot button red meat issue for the Republican base, and DeSantis is is definitely trying to take advantage of it. But he didn't go as far in this speech as I thought he might. He did not mention legislation that's been introduced to expand the E-Verify program. And that's a program that, that's intended to prevent employers from hiring illegal immigrants. Um, he did say that we want to cut the incentives for illegal immigration. And I think that's what he was indirectly referring to. But E-Verify has not been popular with some major industries that are heavy contributors uh, to Republicans. He also did not mention his program for flying migrants to mostly to blue states. Uh, he called the legislature back into special session over the summer to legalize what he had done last year, which is sent an airplane, a private jet to Texas to pick up immigrants there and fly them uh, to Martha's Vineyard. Um, critics point out that there are seven or 800,000 illegal immigrants in Florida right now, and he spent several million bucks to send an airplane to Texas to fly some of them from there to Martha's Vineyard. Mm. Well, the, that was illegal because at the time the law specified that he could do that, but it had to be flying migrants from Florida. They've now changed the law, so it no longer has to be from mm -hmm. Florida. And he refers to those other states as, quote-unquote, sanctuary states, saying that Florida won't be one of those states. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to turn now to what was missing, like maybe what you expected to hear or just what could have been in that speech but wasn't. Uh, Steve, what didn't you hear much of that you maybe expected? I didn't hear much about abortion uh, limits. Uh, I think he referred to it obliquely um, as reproductive rights, that sort of thing. But um, uh, there is a 15-week abortion ban bill that is now going through the courts. And just today, the first day of the session, bills were filed in both the Senate and House that would consider a six-week abortion limit. A lot of pro-abortion rights people believe that this is not even at the point where you know you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it would make, it would basically make most abortions illegal in the state. Didn't hear much about that at all. And maybe again, this is with an eye on the national audience. Uh, national polls have pretty much repeatedly had a majority of people supporting some kind of right to abortion out there. So maybe he's like kind of limiting that because of maybe future <laughs> what he's going to what he's going to do in the future there that, that's that's mm -hmm. up for that's up for discussion but uh that's definitely one thing we didn't hear much about and i mean uh the environment he did talk a little bit about sort of water quality and and uh things that he has done to promote that but could there have been more yeah yeah we there was one line he said for the for the whole speech we are truly making history with our conservation efforts without going into it 
which struck me as kind of strange because uh, the governor has pretty much record budget amounts that have been proposed for uh, – uh, to, to battle red tide and blue blue green algae and um, and Everglades restoration particularly mm-hmm. um, and a lot of money is in the hopper too for Florida Forever programs in the Florida Wildlife Corridor which would link these preserved areas in a uh, in a, in a network to allow for migration of wildlife before development closes off those paths forever. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of movement in that regard, and um, we didn't hear really anything about it, which, which kind of struck me as surprising as well. William, what about you? What were you expecting that didn't make the cut in the speech? Again, I thought or I would have been interested to see if he had said specifically what new abortion restrictions he wanted. Uh, he, as Steve pointed out, he didn't specifically take a stand on that. As Steve pointed out, not much on some pocketbook issues. One of them is affordable housing. Now, Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo has introduced a major affordable housing initiative. Uh, no mention of that from Governor DeSantis. Uh, no mention of, of anything to cut down on property insurance costs except a plug for general tort reform, lawsuit reform, uh, which he said will lower the cost of litigation, but he didn't link that specifically to property insurance costs. Mm. I want to ask about the Democratic response that came from State Senator Lauren Book and State Representative Fentress Driscoll. Steve, what did you hear in the response from the Democrats? Well, particularly from Fentress Driscoll, who represents a district in uh, northern Hillsborough County. Uh, She's the uh, the the House Minority Leader, she didn't hear much about issues that affect the little man, so to speak. You know, the mm-hmm. common the common man didn't hear much about right kitchen table issues. Kitchen table issues. Thank you. Yeah, didn't hear much about uh, you know property taxes, about the, the the rising cost of mortgages and and rents, which have been going through the roof lately. Um, things that affect people, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis. This is more big-picture stuff we heard from mm-hmm. the governor. And um, she said, you know, the Democrats are going to do what they can to, to to propose some kind of movement on these issues. But as a super minority, they don't really have much clout at all here. They can play the part of the loyal opposition in the legislature. But, uh, you know, they, they, they really can't do much this year because they took such a wallop at the polls. William, what stood out for you about those Democratic responses? In addition to the things Steve mentioned, uh, I noticed that Driscoll hit DeSantis pretty hard with a couple of of what sounded to me like good campaign sound soundbite attack lines. She accused him of using the state government as uh, I think her words were a publicly funded campaign apparatus for his presidential race, and she delivered uh, what sounded to me like a campaign soundbite when she said he's so anti-woke he's asleep at the wheel. But Driscoll also pointed out that rarely in recent history, even though Florida has had Republican governors since 98 and Republican majorities in the state legislature since roughly 96 or 97, rarely has there been this large a Republican majority, a supermajority, and at the same time, a governor who has so much sway, so much influence over the legislature, she said the legislature has ceased to be in any way a check and balance on the a check or balance on the governor. Political analyst William March, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, glad to be here. And WSF politics and environment reporter Steve Newborn, thank you as well. Thank you, Matthew. 
And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at wusfnews.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Denora Prevost is our producer. Engineering support for the show from Dave Anderson, Craig George and Blake Bass. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening.